Hello, and welcome to TARDIS Tropes. I'm Hannah. And I'm David. We're your companions, and Doctor Who cares anymore. <laughs> Me! I care anymore. Uh, finally. I, for the first I'm, I'm time. I'm full of conflicting emotions because I, I did enjoy watching these episodes, but the more I thought about it, the more I was like, there's something still off. There's something not quite right here. Well, okay, so... We're talking about episodes. The Taranga uh, Conundrum and Demons of the Punjab. Yeah, the Taranga Conundrum, I fucking hated. <laughs> um, I really didn't like pretty much any part of it. But I, I... Like, I found myself, like, slipping into that arachnids of the UK mindset yeah. where I my brain was just off was just and like off. things were just happening mm-hmm. there was like a cute thing and there was like a joke thing that looked like it came straight out of like a Russell T Davies yep. episode with the pregnant dude the whole episode felt like bizarrely Russell T Davies but if Russell like turned in a first draft and they were like okay let's make it yeah <laughs> I don't feel like anybody's challenging Chris. No. I don't feel like anybody's saying, no, Chris, you have to try harder than this. Right, like, no one at the BBC is checking his work at all. No. Zero. Um, Yeah, I just, I'm literally trying to think of one thing that I kind of liked about the episode. I kind of liked all the little arcs. That, well, okay, I'll say this. There were some kind of nice character moments in it. I they had all the little arcs, which I it, I haven't seen little arcs. That's true. It did address our previous Chibnall or criticism from last time that the fact that there weren't like B or C plots at all. There were yeah. There was a really was, solid like A, B, and C plot. A plot. There's a monster eating the ship. B plot. There's a pregnant man giving birth. C plot, there's like this conflict between a brother and sister about a mysterious illness. Yeah. Um, and they play off of each other even. So like uh, they play off each other a little bit, but Well, uh, yeah, I mean maybe not thematically, but like the plots interact with each other. Yes, they interact with each other, but like they they all feel just so like randomly thrown together. I don't know. It's like if there was also a school play going on and, like, someone <laughs> needed to be the star. That, like, I, like they just felt strange, personally. Uh, yeah, a little disconnected, a little bit, um, you know, played out, maybe, is part of it. Yeah. The giving birth during a, during a, a really tense situation, not super new or interesting. No. S- same thing as, like... I've got a terminal illness that I'm hiding from my loved ones because I'm the strong one. Pretty played out. Yeah, I also, I just have to say, like, beyond the writing, the acting in this episode was just, like, so subpar. Uh, it didn't It didn't strike me as anything n- notably bad. It, it just kind of felt like typical Doctor Who acting. I mean, I, I just didn't believe a single one. <laughs> Of these performances. And it might have just been like they had nothing to work with with the writing, which is kind of true. But like, oof, boy, I was not impressed. One of the things that I noticed for the first time in this episode that I hadn't noticed in previous episodes was that the doctor's speeches are like really dull, but they're shot and framed like it's the most dramatic thing ever. Like every single one. This is 
this is what I'm talking about with the directing and like episode six. Like I didn't notice it in the previous episodes, but after you pointed it out, like watching these, watching this one, she would just like talk and not really say anything. Anything. And like is barely even making like real statements about (laughs) like justice or like she's just sort of like saying words that vaguely sound like that. Like, yeah, it's really terrible that the that the hospital would blow up this space hospital in self-defense. It's so awful. And she's barely even doing like the doctor babbling too. She's literally just babbling. Like it sounds like a homeless person rather than like someone who's quirky, (laughs) you know? She's just kind of talking to the air most times. Yeah. No one's really listening to her or like asking her questions. They also try to like have the like, everyone's gonna live moment but like someone had already died so of course he was gonna <laughs> die and it's like ugh. um oh that's another thing that i liked in this episode at one point yaz takes the alien and like trying to get rid of it and just like freaking yeet kicks Punts it, it. <laughs> just yeets it down the hallway <laughs> well yeet, yeet, yeets it would be just like a throw but oh, she just punts it it was so goofy. It looked like something out of like Russell T's like first season. Like the it kind of makes me question, nothing. like, okay, how much of a threat really is this alien? Yeah. Like, why don't they just do that like six times and then put it on a you know the escape pod going away from the ship? I feel like some roles were sort of solidified here. Graham is the moral center. Yaz is the one who's there to be like, ah, it's like this thing in our time. Um, all those fun, terrible comparisons. Oh, you mean like an iPhone? Yeah, it has like an iPhone. It's Siri. Great. Um, she did that like 10 times during this episode. Uh, Mm. and I still don't know what Ryan's job is. He's just kind of there to be sad about his dad. He's so sad. I know. Like, he just won't let it go. He won't let anything go. I mean, like, there's nothing wrong with having baggage, but, like, this is not what companions, like, are typically for, just to, like, really, like, bring their problems with them from home. Um, there is, like, the whole educational component with, like, all of the dark matter stuff. Yeah, but it was all bullshit. None of that's, like, real science. I know, but, well, I mean, there were, like, two actual facts in there. Um, yeah, but, like, it's the same thing. It's, like, Chris Chibnall, he's trying to teach us. He's trying to magic school bus us, but he's using bad science to do it. Like, her whole rant, that's to- that's another, like, super random, overly dramatic, like, homeless person rant mm-hmm. is just t- trying to explain, like, oh, yeah, fusion engine, but then it explains it wrong. Yeah. Ugh. Oh God, Chris, what are you doing? Can you Chris. just stop? Um, I also like just at a thematic level, all of the stuff with the baby. I like super did not appreciate. Um, and maybe it's just a personal feeling towards this that particular topic. But like, don't guilt people who don't want to be parents into being parents. Like that's how you end up with shitty parents. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's a really complicated subject, and like this is a trope that I've just never been fond of. Is yeah, you know the whatever your decision is, it's always like 
It's it's always like the plot is telling you whether it's the right or wrong decision. And there's not really like a a, a single decision in that situation that applies across all humans, across all lifetimes. Exactly. It's like... So if you don't flesh out like who these characters are, then the decision doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Um, I, I like to compare it to um, a really fantastic episode of 30 Rock that I really like where um, Liz is trying to get a baby. So she befriends this pregnant teenager. Oh, that's right. Yep. Um, and then tries to convince her that there's no way she can raise this baby, that she's delusional for trying to raise the baby and uh-huh. tries to convince her that like her boyfriend is never coming back. And then she realizes she's doing something incredibly malicious and backs off and lets, lets it happen. Yeah. Um, and you know, like that's a good moral. Yeah, like let people make their own choices. This is yeah. Very much so that's not like a a sane, that. reasonable way to handle this theme. Not yeah. my dad left, so you can't. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's like, dude, maybe this guy parties every fucking weekend and clearly has random sex with strangers unprotected. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Well, he could stop, but would it make him happy? Exactly. Like, maybe he needs to do that for another 20 years before he's settled down and has a kid. Or maybe he never wants a kid. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just thinking of, like, I have a lot of friends who literally just never want children. And if someone tried to pull that crap on them, like, they'd get punched in the face. <laughs> I was like, yeah. if I was that pregnant dude, I'd punch this, like, random kid in the face. Like, don't tell me how to live my life. But at the same time, like, it's complicated. Like, the theme that, like, you don't have to be perfect, it's it's all, it's all enough to just be there, that's also kind of an okay theme. Right, I think that's, that's definitely an okay theme, but it's not like this guy was at all conflicted about it or, like, gave signs that he was conflicted. He was very vehemently like, ha ha ha, no way, I'm gonna give this sucker to the, the adoption agency or... Someone else. Well, he only really said that when he was in horrifying agony from giving birth. No, he said that before. Like, they asked him, like, oh, are you going to, like, name him or take care of him? And he was like, oh, no, like, not me. I'm not a dad. Oh. Well, fuck you, Chris. (laughs) Chris! Fuck you, Chris. Chris! Go to your room! Chris, can we replace you with Vinay Patel? Because... I loved that episode. I'm still not done talking about Saranga. Really? I feel like there's more to say here. There's 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 something here. It's it's confusing and it's frustrating. This episode, it's bad. Yeah. But I enjoyed watching it. Oh, I didn't at all. I I found myself like getting invested in the little character bits. I couldn't. Even if they didn't resolve very you know, excitingly or interestingly. I don't know. It all felt really performative and like surface level to me. I I didn't really find anything that I could connect to with it. I I mean, like, yeah, it's surface level, but like, isn't Doctor Who all often very surface level because it is a wide cast of characters that all have to be introduced and explained very quickly? I think this was done somewhat well. Like these character arcs, they resolve, they end. They do resolve. They, they do end. 
But I like maybe this is me going back to not really liking the the acting, like not mm-hmm. buying the performances. Um, yeah, I, I like I'm not sure why I didn't buy it. Um, other than that, I didn't like I I didn't feel emotionally connected to this at all. Hmm. Let's talk about creatures. Yeah. What makes a good Doctor Who creature? What are some creatures that you I like? I love love a good ood. I love an love ood. ood. They're very well defined. They're interesting to look at. There's something unique about them, and they have personality. What what is this this thing? What is it called? A thing or a ting or a jing? Pating, pating, something like that. Pating. Oh, is it pating? Forget it. Forgettable. Pating. Very forgettable. Very forgettable. The Taranga Pating. It was cute. Like, I'll give it that when it was on screen. Um, yeah, but it's no, it's, it's no adipose. No, it's not adipose cute. And, like... It's not adipose original like, either. I mean, adipose, that was something. That was a concept. Yeah. This is, it's an alien that eats energy and is toxic to the yeah. touch. And you can't kill it. Why would an alien that grows up in the vacuum of space be toxic to the touch? I mean, why, how alien vacuum space energy monster? Well, sure, but like that's Doctor Who I mean, for yeah, you. I mean, exactly. Doctor Who like, pitches, all right, there's an invisible monster that lives in your mirror. Like, ooh, all right. That, I'll, I'll buy it. <laughs> but this is like, it's just like a guy and it. It just eats energy, and it can absorb the amount of force of atomic bombs. Yeah. Why? Why doesn't it just live on the surface of the sun? Like exactly. Why isn't it eating suns? Like, what is this thing, and why does it be, and why does it go to this this spaceship that you know yeah. maybe you could eat it and get like you know a, a few electrical joules per minute or something like. Mm-hmm. W- w- why, 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 why you gotta eat a ship? Why you gotta eat a ship, buddy? What do you normally eat? I'm sure you don't normally eat <laughs> ships. I know, like, was this kid, like, starving until they happened to, like, go through that asteroid belt? Like, Where are its family? Where, where is, what is this thing? It's not, it's not defined no. in any way. It's just, it's just a threat for no reason. Yeah. And what about, like, it's not even really the real threat of the episode. The real threat of the episode is just a ticking clock with a bomb strapped to it. I know, another famous Chris Chibnall ticking clock. And and just, like, the most preposterous, like, quarantine plan ever. Oh God, where the ship will blow itself up if you slightly divert course for any reason. Yeah. Like, this is insane. No hospital would set up a quarantine like this. I don't care what kind of space diseases yeah. and space herpes you're getting. Exactly. Like, just don't let them dock. Like, you know, <laughs> keep them out of the atmosphere. There's got to be a simpler explanation for this. Yeah. Jeez. I, I don't even. I don't it's a even. a bad episode. But I, but I didn't hate watching it. It's I, just like all this stuff, it only comes up when you think about it afterwards. I don't know. You, it switches I, your brain off. I couldn't turn my brain off when I watched it. Maybe that was my problem. I couldn't enjoy it. Okay. But I definitely, I definitely enjoyed the next episode more. But I feel like... 
there's still problems. All right, I'm really interested to hear your problems because I loved this episode. It's definitely better than, you know, most of the episodes we've seen so far. It's by far the best episode this season for sure, in my opinion. Is it yeah. though? Yeah. I don't know. Let's let's go over it. So this is an episode about Yaz going to visit her grandmother in her youth to try and figure out some mysterious secrets that she could have just asked about like a little harder. Because at the end of the episode, she's like, well, you know, I I could tell you if you really want. And she's like, no, you know, I was there. (laughs) Well, I mean, yes. But so they go back in time to to the partitioning is that what it's called the partitioning it's called of partition yeah the partition of india and india pakistan. and pakistan um it's a really fascinating point in history that i didn't know a lot about which you know that makes it a lot more enjoyable than rosa for for a us americans yeah. us stupid americans i would imagine that there's still a lot of inaccuracies Um, I mean, here's the thing. It didn't, like, super delve into, um... Right. It was a little surface level, which I think is part of it. Well, I'm... You know, when you see them, like, literally hammering, like, a border, like, string into the ground. I mean, like... I'm not sure if that's exactly how it worked. I mean, it was a little bit, like... It was a very wild time. I actually, um... The only reason I know about this is through um, a book that I had to read for my job that also dealt with this subject. Um, and oh, okay. like, if that book was accurate, so was this. Um, and both were written by Indian, or um, I don't know if they're Indian or Pakistani, um, but people from that area of the world who had family who lived through it. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would okay, trust so it. So maybe it's, maybe it's more accurate than Rosa was, but I still feel like maybe it wouldn't be as enjoyable if I had a lot more familiarity with that time in history. Uh, I mean, potentially, but I don't think we can dock at points for that. If we don't know. Of course not. I'm giving it, I'm giving it points for, you know, exploring a less explored yeah. time in history, but at the same time, I feel like the the story is much more interested in just like exploring this small family drama than it is in actually like developing a plot that makes sense or flows or resolves. Really? You didn't you didn't think it resolved? Well, it resolves maybe a little too cleanly in that like no one really had to do anything. This was an episode wherein there really is no conflict. Because nobody had to do anything. But I think in the same way that... I I don't know. I didn't mind that because I found the rest of it so compelling and interesting and like... I found it fine while I was watching it because I kept thinking someone was about to do something. And then they didn't. Nobody did anything for the whole episode. I don't know. People... People... The doctor did things, finally. Like what? She did like... She finally did some tinkering, first of all. Um, introduce her as a tinkerer and right. then don't do that. So she tinkers, but it doesn't affect the plot at all. I think about story a lot in terms of like, if you've ever played, you know, a role-playing game, Dungeons and Dragons, for example, a good story with stakes 
has the the characters having agency. They have actions that they perform for a purpose that drives the plot forward. This episode did not have that at all. All right, that's true. I didn't mind it, though. So, like, what would the doctor roll for in this episode? Roll for waiting until something happens. No, the doctor had to figure... They thought those people were assassins. They had to figure out that they weren't. And then once they figured that out... Right, but how did they figure out that they weren't? Well, they just, like, you wait a second, and then they just explain themselves. And you don't shoot at them. That was all she had to do was not shoot at them with a gun. Well, she didn't shoot at them with a gun in the first place. Someone else did that. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is that the only thing that you needed to solve this deep and sophisticated mystery is to, like, sit in a room and be like, what's going on? And they'll be like, I would tell you if you stopped running. I I mean, you're totally right. Like... I just didn't mind Well, this was it. something that we criticized the Chibnall for in episode one, um, where, like, you know, Toothface comes up and he explains explains the plot to everybody after there was, like, a bunch of red herrings that had no point. And then this episode's doing the same thing. It's just, like, a bunch of red herrings in a row. You know, what's this powder on his face? Is that what killed him? No, it's not. Like, that's the only... Like, the only thing is just they didn't guess anything correctly. No detective work was done. And the the supposed villains just explain what's happening. I mean, yeah, but I one, I think it changes that effect because they weren't actually villains. Like Right, but then the only villain is just, like, racist guy who's racist. I mean, yeah. Racist little brother is... He's a, he's a racist guy, and so... He pays a bunch of people to kill his brother well, or pay something. Them. They're just. I yeah. stopped caring because we always knew he was gonna but die. I cared like about literally that. from the moment Yaz goes, "Oh, that's not my grandpa. He's yeah. fucking dead. He's screwed." But I don't know. I feel like the episode did a really good job of making me care about him, even though I knew he was gonna die. And that, like, when he actually... Yeah, I really cared about this family, but then why am I watching Doctor Who? Why don't I just read that book that you mentioned? <laughs> well, I mean, I thought the alien. What's the title of that book? You want to look Night it up Diary. real quick? It's... Let's share. Let's share something it's the good. Night Diary. It is very good. It's a middle grade. <laughs> um, novel. Yeah, I'll read that. And then I'll throw this whole season of Doctor Who in the trash because I'm. I'm Here's the thing. Doctor I, Who cares. I liked the. The aliens, though. I, I guess. I mean, they're just... We are the witnesses. We witness I think that's them. a really powerful thing. Like, they are, like, the universe's collective memory of those... Like, it's the fallen soldier monument, but it's not just soldiers. It's, like, anyone who dies alone or... And isn't able to give a... Well, isn't it just the thing from Twice Upon a Time, the giant spaceship that eats dead people and makes them in heaven? It's just like Twice Upon a Time again. But it's not... It doesn't put them in heaven. It's just a memory of them. Like, it doesn't do anything with them. Um, Which is what, like... 
Well, then it's just like a more pointless it, version. But I think that's fine. Like, I don't know. The Witness to the Dead thing felt very Doctor Who to me, whereas, like, none of these other, like, villains or aliens... Like, I mean, they've been Doctor Who, but they're just, like... They bored me in a way that this didn't bore me. Well, this certainly felt bigger than a spider who's eating people because it's hungry. An energy or a, thing. A, an alien on a ship that's eating people because it's <laughs> hungry. Or some racist guy. Or a yeah. tooth face. Like, or a, or cloth. a cloth. Like, literally, we haven't had any aliens with any kind of motivation yeah. yet. So, yeah, this is better than that. But is this, like, this is what I'm saying is, like, I really liked this episode while I was watching it. But the more I think about it, the more angry I get. Because why is this the episode that I like? This should be the least, this should be the worst episode in the whole season. I mean, but it it's the, the best. best. I, I don't know. I, there, I think, one for one, the directing was really good in this. Um, so thank you, Jamie Childs, for being confident at your job. Um, <laughs> it was co like it yeah, was. I mean, it, it was, was good to look at. It felt mm -hmm, like it, it was flowed. cohesive. It set a mood. It used the camera to actually develop character instead of just doing random close-ups on babbly speeches. Um, I thought the doctor's characterization in this episode was like much better and much more cohesive than in any other episode. Um, probably largely because... Well, what is what is her character in this in this episode? She tinkered... Like, I don't know. Like, she had a couple of lines where I was just like, yeah, that's the doctor. Whereas every other time I'm like, you're someone pretending to be the... Like, someone is pretending they know how to write Doctor Who, Chris Chibnall. I guess, yeah. I mean, I didn't really feel like this episode was particularly Doctor Who-y. I just felt like... You know, they were telling, like, a good story. One that was probably based on some, like, personal family history or at least, like, a you know, a story that got passed down or a something. conglomeration of family histories, things like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. There was truth in this episode. And there wasn't really a lot of truth in any other episode. There was, like, a lot of like half truth and you know misremembered preaching and a lot of well i'll say this i think the the like we can't interfere with history aspect felt stronger to me here than it did in the rosa parks episode um like the line we can't have a universe without a yaz like that's a very doctor who line where it's like my companions are so important like we can't have you disappearing on me you know but we all know that wouldn't have happened it just would have made a bunch of space time dragons come eat at all of time you remember <laughs> no what is that a, you don't remember that, that episode where uh rose tries to save her dad from being hit by a car and then a bunch of dragons eat space and time oh that's right i did forget about that one it's been a long yeah, time doctor who kind of steps on its own toes in terms of the world yeah building. I mean, what can you do? It's been going for 50 years. I I don't know. Like, to me, also, like, the, just the setting. Like, it was, like, there's strange aliens doing something during family drama that's happening with political strife in the background. And, like, that felt like a really strong multi-level plot with, tension in different areas and all of the different tension levels intersected it's like yeah there was tension and yeah there were character arcs that resolved 
but like nobody did anything. What what am I watching? I'm just watching people watching other people. I mean, that's what you're maybe going to get with like a history episode though. But that's not typically what I get with a history episode. I mean, if you look at any other history episode in Doctor Who, they're always directly interacting with the plot. Either the plot is affecting the main characters where like they're in threat of dying or in threat of losing something or they're impacting history and like they have to save history like in Rosa. I mean, like at least in Rosa, they were doing something for a purpose and there's a chance that they could succeed or fail here. What what are they doing? They're just they're just watching and trying to like figure it out. She could have just asked her freaking grandma again. I mean, sure, they didn't do anything, but it was, like, entertaining as fuck to watch them do nothing. You know? I felt satisfied. I had, like, emotional arcs during this episode. Like, I laughed. I cried. That has not happened in any other episode. But don't you feel your standards being lowered, Hannah? Oh, for sure. Don't you feel like, oh, I'm happy just... Watching a bunch of people sit around and wait for the plot to happen. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. Probably some lowered standards. But I also don't mind waiting episodes in, in general where characters have to wait for things. Like, I, I sometimes find it's a really nice change of pace, especially in shows that tend to be very action-packed and full of a lot of doing. But this season has been very unaction-packed and full of a lot of sitting or walking or... Just, like, blasé, like, meandering. But episode five, it's busy, but nobody's, like, really impacting the plot. Right, but, like, uh, I don't I don't even know. I, I just enjoyed this. Like, it made me happy, and that I'm gonna take it. You know, like, this season is not making me happy, and this like, one did. Anybody can, any, I'm fine with anybody enjoying anything, but I just want you to recognize, like, that your standards have, have lowered so much since season 10, your favorite season of Doctor Who. My favorite season of Doctor Who. You said you really liked it. I, I did like it. I don't know why I call it my favorite, but... <laughs> I did enjoy it. Your favorite ever season. But, but and now I mean, we've like, fallen that, so like, far. It's season 10. Like, a lot of what I liked about it, I don't know if it, it, I feel. Did I like it because it was good again? Yes. But also, <laughs> I was, like, partially liked it so much because I was relieved that it wasn't as bad as it used to be. You know, like, I feel like that's a little bit what was going on with, like, this episode. I'm bleh about the most recent episode of Doctor Who. I I don't know. I love that we're on totally different sides of this, where it's like, episodes, episode five was just, like, so bad, but you kind of enjoyed it. And then, like, I really enjoyed this episode, episode six. I just, I, it makes me frustrated that this is the best we can get. You know, I I mean, like, I think that's an okay opinion to have is to just be like, we deserve better because you can write a story where the characters do something 
and we have a character drama that's interesting and hi- historical bits that are fascinating. I-, I really like Vincent and the Doctor for that, you know? I mean, a lot of people that's compared true. Rosa to Vincent and the Doctor, but th- the point is that stuff was happening in that episode. There was conflict and... There was a threat. There was also the character stuff, and the character stuff interacted with Amy and the Doctor. Like, there was stuff happening in between. There wasn't just, like, Yaz watching her grandmother and then just, like, wrinkling her brow and going, like, whoa, that's different than I thought it would be. Yeah, I mean... Here's one thing. I will say I did think the grandmother was dead at first. So <laughs> it was like more that was the reason they had to go back in time to find out any of this stuff. Um no, she's alive. It's fine. Well, how could her how could her grandma be dead? <laughs> well, like she had given her the watch and then like died. Oh. Like, yeah, wait. No, that's so much better. Wait, why couldn't she have died before being able to tell the story? Yeah, like I was really surprised to see her back again at the end. I was like, "Oh, she's not dead." Okay. Whoops. That's such a good fix. Yeah. And you did it literally just by assuming that <laughs> the writers were any already. good. Yeah. Oh god. It just, just like, I don't know, can the doctor solve a problem? Yeah. Can the doctor, like, design a solution to a problem that isn't completely asinine? Like, make the alien eat the bomb. I know. I was so dumb. <laughs> Let the spiders die of starvation. Oh, my God. Ugh. I, yeah, I'll agree Everybody with that one. sit on the Rosa Parks bus until the plot resolves itself. And then uh-huh. shoot the guy with his own gun. <laughs> Ugh, yeah, I'm just... I'm so tired, Hannah. Yeah, that's fair. You're allowed to be tired. You can lay your head down and rest. Uh, and, like, that, the guy, the the not-grandpa... Yeah. That's what I'm gonna call him, is not the not-grandpa. Piyush, something he like dies, that? He dies in kind of, like, a pointless manner. Like, he could just run... Yeah. But he feels the need, like, this is our home. You're not helping anybody. Just run. But he thought he could talk to his brother. Yeah, but your brother is a freaking Nazi. Like, it's here's the thing. It's only pointless because we know how it's going to end. You know? It's No, it's not. That's not the only reason why. He, he knows this is a military force that's coming to kill Muslim people or drive them away. And yet he's like, we shall not, you shall not pass. Mm -hmm. We shall not leave this place. And he just dies for it. Yeah. It's pointless. There's no point to this episode. It's a totally pointless nothing of an episode. And I liked watching it while it was on and then it was over and I was like, that's it. There's nothing there. I mean, yeah, you're right. I'm just like, tr- I want to hold on to this, like, fucking half-lit beacon in this garbage fire of a season, you know? I, I, the, the only thing left to say is maybe the next episode will be better. Oh, my God. Shrug. What? That's the only thing you can say as a fan of this show is, well, just hope for the next yeah. one. Uh, like, Honestly, guys, if you are enjoying this season, can you explain why? Like, tweet us. No, you don't even have to explain yourself. I get it. You're just, you're just 
letting yourself enjoy it. And we're not because our brains are getting in the way and we keep thinking about episodes that we like more and okay. how we would improve it. Okay, and that's, no, no, no. Like, let's take a second because, like, you, you've you told me that you're watching the new She-Ra on, uh, on Netflix. Yeah, She-Ra is very good. And I could compare She-Ra to this, but that's not what other people are doing. Other people I, are just watching. I know. But I don't understand, like, like this, <laughs> like how you could watch this and be like, yes, like it doesn't even have the basics of like an NCIS episode, you know, like it's missing some serious structural components, yeah, of conflict and, and plot, plot and writing and character, like. But sometimes you don't even need those things. Sometimes people just want to watch sci-fi elements mixed with historical fiction, mixed with mildly interesting character drama. Yeah. That's Sometimes that's all people want, and they just want it to be a snapshot, and they just want to enjoy it. And I enjoyed the episode while I was watching it, but then my brain happened. Like a, yeah. like a couple days later, my brain started Clicked up. On. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I was tricked. It was like a big trick. Uh, I, I, I feel like the, all the energy's kind of been sucked out of the episode by me and my my nitpicking. <laughs> I, I feel bad. I feel guilty about it. I mean, Everybody just watch She-Ra instead. It's good. It's, it's so on Netflix. Good, guys. It's de- like it's delightful. There's real interesting interpersonal character drama. Like the plots are compelling i like every single character on that show yeah all like all the dialogue that they have is very addictive it's good dialogue there's some genuinely funny lines there's some moments that make you feel a little sad like i mean like if you want to hear my my philosophy on writing it's this like writing is all in structure and your brain recognizes these structures and recognizes when they're not there yep but it's really hard to get from one plot point to the next and dialogue is there to distract you until you get there. Mm-hmm. So like dialogue is, you know, the magician waving their hands. And then the trick is when you suddenly realize that there's a rabbit there, mm-hmm. like, and that's structure that's, you know, plot development. Yeah. And Dr. Who right now it doesn't have enough hand waving to get me from plot point to plot point, and the tricks that they're doing are played out and a little dull. Yep. So I'm not there for it. Yeah, I think that's a really good metaphor that you just used. Yeah, it's a little stolen from Orson Welles, who liked to use magic to describe movies. All right. But like, um, just watch Shira, because Shira's got it's, it's got, got the, the magic. magic. <laughs> all right see, see y'all next week we'll, we'll do something fun all right bye we'll y'all. have a good time bye <laughs>